everyone it's your girl Teresa and welcome to the dear future hubby podcast I am your host Teresa Reese and y'all know how we do it I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled a strong-willed mind healing scars over time through my poetry and tonight's title is silent treatment here it goes so we had a disagreement but I don't understand this you pretend to listen then later you start the silent treatment what is wrong with you something gave you this new attitude we may never see eye to eye on this subject right here you say It's nothing. I say, it's something there. And although I believe that my views are right, I'd rather see peace than fight. But you would rather ignore me. You are confirming my reasoning. Innocent people don't act guilty. So break your silence and speak to me. We are way too old for this mess. There is no resolve in the silent treatment. So I wanted to talk about (laughs) a different version of love language. Because what I'm noticing is that in some relationships, when we haven't really did the soul searching and the healing and going through that process, we have a tendency to hold people captive with our attitudes and so if things aren't going our way (laughs) we shut all the way down so they can feel our pain and so not speaking for all but a lot of us have a tendency not just men women do too not just women men do too we'd like to do this silent treatment thing I'm mad at you, so I'm not going to speak to you. Trust me, I am a guilty party. That is one way that I can have you truly feel me. But guess what I've recognized? There's a level of immaturity in that. And so, a mature person, even if there is a debate that is happening or a disagreement that is taking place... They know enough and should be confident enough within themselves not to hold someone captive by not speaking to them. Not to make them feel some type of way because you're not speaking to them. That's not a true love language to ignore someone and to act like you don't hear them when they're talking to you. That's just a level of immaturity. That just means that we need to grow in that area. Because there is a healthy way to agree to disagree. Um, The older that I get, what I've noticed is that sometimes me and and my mom will have these debates. But what I've also noticed is that we've grown leaps and bounds to where we can literally disagree on just about anything. But the love bounces back. That's a love language. That's when you learn how to agree to disagree in a healthy way. And not hold that person captive like I'm not going to speak to you for a week or two weeks. Because what it does to the person that is being ignored 
it takes away their self-worth. And so they start to feel as if their presence is invaluable. I mean, it's not valuable. They start to feel as if you don't care enough to resolve the situation. And it hurts their feelings. And that's just not right. You know, it's, it's just not right. So I know that I've had some situations with my children. And I started to realize as the recipient of being ignored, how that would make me feel. And I mean, I'm very grateful, so, so grateful for my support team. And I call it a team because I have friends that have been in my life for decades. Um, and that I truly, our friendships have been tried, tested, and proven, honey. And so I know that I can call them when I need a prayer to get through. I know that I can call them when I need to vent they know that they can call me when they need a prayer to get through. And they know that they can call me when they need to vent. And it ain't going to go no further than that. If we know how to truly be vulnerable around each other and not hold it over each other's head. Um, because we all sin and fall short. So we literally, we know who we can talk to. And we know what we can share. And there's been times that I've called there. I mean, I even remember when I was going through. Oh, I've been through so many situations. Lord, I just thank you. <laughs> thank you for getting me through. Because when I think oh, ooh, when I think about some of the stuff that I've been through, y'all, sometimes I have to ask myself, girl, how did you do it? Now, I know the answer to that, but I still have to sometimes ask myself, how did you get through that? And you still have your sanity. Now, you know God must love you. But I said all of that to say this is that there have been times that my older children would not speak to me. And in the beginning, it used to wear me down. My heart would hurt and I would start having all these thoughts. What did I do? And it was a form of captivity. That's a form of bondage. And so what I had to start doing, I had to start, it's like someone having, if you can envision this with me, it's like someone having a grip on your heart, like squeezing it. And I literally had to take my power back. So I envisioned taking one finger, the pinky finger, pushing it away, taking the ring finger, pushing it away, taking the middle finger, pushing it away, taking the pointing finger, pushing it away, taking the thumb, pushing it away. Now you got a free hand and pushing that hand away from my heart to where you no longer have that type of hold on me to where I am in captivity and feeling guilty because you and I could not see eye to eye. There's a level of immaturity in that situation. And so I had to learn how to release myself, even if the other party did not, so that I could be free and operate in the liberty that God has given me. Because if we're not careful, we will let someone else's situation be a hold over us to where we can't even function freely and we'll have a level of guilt. And it's like, why am I feeling guilty? Fulfilling the way I felt like 
when I expressed to you that this hurt my feelings or when I expressed to you that I didn't like when you did X, Y, and Z, those were my true feelings. So why should I feel guilty for telling you how I truly feel? And why would you want me to feel guilty in telling you how I truly feel? There's a sense of bondage right there. That's not healthy. I've got to release your hold on my heart so that I can be free to express myself. And if you can't handle my truth, that is not a Teresa issue. That is a you issue that you need to deal with. And so what I start what I'm starting to recognize is that this is imperative. That not only when we're talking about love language in terms of how we want to be loved, we've got to understand that even when it comes to whenever we're having a disagreement, what is my love language saying to you in the midst of our disagreements? Because what I've noticed is that when me and my mother, we get into, let's say we just get into a debate, not like an all out, haul out, you know, crazy <laughs> situation, but just where we just are not seeing eye to eye. We are now, and this was, this is what you call exercise. When you work the muscle, you keep working the muscle until you iron it out and then you're good. So we had to work at this thing. But what I've noticed is that we can literally be in a, situation where we're having a conversation and we don't see eye to eye but we are able to shift the gear to where we don't stay there too long because we know that it's a pain point for either or both and so instead of letting that take dominion over our minds and then keeping us tied to where now we can't have a conversation about anything else. I don't even think that we subconsciously know that we're doing it or consciously know that we're doing it. But what I've noticed as I evaluate after the conversation has ended and how we are able to speak our own truth in love, still operate in love, even when we may not agree 100% with each other, then we're able to move past that into a whole nother realm of conversation. And I don't have... A a feeling of bitterness or indifference or anger toward my mother and she doesn't have a feeling of bitter indifference or anger toward me now this is something that has grown over time but it took a level of maturity on both parts not one for us to get to the point to understand we may not see eye to eye on every single subject matter but the love is going to surpass all of the all of the nuances of our conversation and our relationship. Like that, sh the love should be the one thing that stands and withstands the test of time. So when we're speaking in terms of how we love each other, the way we love each other, who it is that we're ministering love to. We should also not just know how to love the person when it's nice and erotic and sensual and sexual. No, we should be able to know how to love someone for who they are. Good, bad, ugly, or indifferent. I may not agree with you on this level. I may not agree with you on this subject, but it doesn't take away from how much I love you. We just don't agree in this area. And that's okay. That goes to show another level of maturity. How you can gauge when you're dealing with an immature person is that instead of dealing with the disagreement, 
They shut completely down. I don't want to talk to you. I have nothing to say to you. You don't agree with me, so I don't have anything else to say to you. That is a level of immaturity. Now, I recognize that in myself. There was a whole relationship that I was in that I ended. <laughs> Cold turkey. It was like, you know what? Me and you are not seeing eye to eye. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm ending this. That way I can go on with my life. And I don't, And when I look back, I was like, okay, Teresa, maybe you were just a little immature because you could have at least gave him the heads up and told him without testing it, texting it, you could have just said, eh, this is not working for me. So guess what? I'm going to go ahead and have to chunk you to deuces. I hope you have a nice life, but I cannot do this with you. Now that would have been the mature way to handle it. But for me, in my immaturity, one of the reasons why I know now that I didn't want to face that situation is because I have learned through the course of my life that there are certain personality types that I have encountered that love to God give me a very nice way to say what I really want to say. They love to play with your mind. And so I didn't want to get myself in a situation because I know that I'm being abstinent and I'm walking in abstinence and I'm trying to stay pure so that I can wait for my true husband. And so that when my body is presented to him, he don't have to worry about who I have been with before. I can truly only see him. I pray to God he's remaining abstinent too so that he doesn't have to compare me with to his past either. The whole point of me being abstinent is so that when I finally meet my true husband, we do not have to have a battle with our past. So this particular person that I was dating, because I, through conversation, I started realizing you and I are not on the same page, bruh. You're so caught up in what Teresa used to do. You don't even know who Teresa is right now. So to save me the headache and to save me the frustration of constantly having to tell you no, because I've already set my standard and I'm refusing to compromise it for anyone. I'm just going to go ahead and end that thing. Not to mention when I start seeing red flags and seeing signs, I just say peace. But the immature side of me was the fact that I did not have that conversation. That I literally just said, this ain't working. Have a nice life. <laughs> That's not the way. To handle things maturely. And I know that now. And maybe eventually I'll unblock this person. And have an actual conversation. I'm just not willing to do that in this hour. However. I said all of that to say. It's necessary to understand. Whenever we are giving people the silent treatment. Could it really be that there is something within us that has not matured? Is it that we want them to feel the same level of pain that we feel, but instead of articulating that to them, we shut completely down? Not realizing that a part of healing and a part of growing and a part of mending fences is not to shut down, is to talk it out. And the more that we start to talk it out, it may hurt a little bit, in the beginning 
But the more that you start to talk about it, you learn to formulate the words that describe how it is that you're feeling. So, you know, when you and I, we went out and you, you know, I could, I felt like you didn't really pay attention to me. I felt like you were looking to the left and looking to the right and you really weren't paying attention. I felt ignored. And when I felt ignored, it took me all the way back to when I was 15 years old. And I didn't like that feeling. And I know that you weren't the person that abandoned me when I was age 15. But because that feeling felt so familiar, it made me shut all the way down. So in the future, whenever you and I are hanging out, if you could do me a favor and at least check in with me, make sure I'm good. That would do me great. That would make my heart smile. Now, what do I need to do for you in your situation to make you feel good? What is it that I'm doing that makes you feel uncomfortable? Let's talk about it. That's how you develop the muscle of learning how to agree to disagree in a healthy way. So that that way when you are put in a situation, all you got to do is look at your honey. All you got to do is look at your boo. And that look is going to say everything you need to say without having to offer the silent treatment as a way of punishing them because they didn't get it. I hope that you are learning like I am learning, future hubby, how to speak the truth in love, how to learn how to agree to disagree so that when you and I come together, we don't have all of those blood popping out the veins and have the... I don't want those types of types of dialogues and arguments, honey. I'm not trying to do that at age 47 and up. I want to be able to have an intellectual, intelligent conversation with you. And even if I don't agree, I want to be able to walk away from it still feeling whole. This concludes my podcast for tonight. But y'all know I've got to end with reading a letter to my future hubby. And it was written on January the 29th, 2021. Dear future hubby, what do you do daily to prepare for a blessed and prosperous day? Do you wake up extra early and work out? Do you meditate? Or do you wake up early to read the word of God and pray? I'm just wondering what you do when you are under pressure. Do you take a walk or do you punch a punching bag? Do you look for ways to escape or do you allow the pressure to build up and then eventually you explode? Do you journal your thoughts or do you keep all your thoughts bottled up inside? Do you have a therapist? Are you open to therapy? Do you talk about your feelings or do you keep your feelings all bottled up inside? My inquiring mind wants to know. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening or morning whenever it is that you hear this podcast. Do me a huge favor. Take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Bye.